All right, Marky, episode 35, we're here at the Bruce Smith Studios, and we have an interesting guest today. We're going to get a little Halloween we'll open with. This is going to be around Halloween, so we'd like to welcome our next guest, Patrick Higgins. How are you, Pat? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Pat, uh, we're just going to start off. It's Halloween, Marky, and, and Pat, Pat always has these interesting costumes, and some people have probably seen these costumes and didn't know who they were. Let's go down the lineup. How do you get inspiration in a Halloween? Give these people some ins- inf- inspiration. You're a motivational guy. Usually it comes like the day after, or it'll just come to me, and then you, I take it from there and work on it. Usually I like to be a senior citizen woman. <laughs> <laughs> And take it from there. No one can ever um, beat me out at a Halloween. Never. Yeah, we've noticed. <laughs> yeah, I I first started seeing. Now there's a uh, there's a restaurant you always hear when, in Buffalo. You have to go get the shitty canoes. One hot dog, no mustard. So so the so the first time I seen it, he's the waitress at uh, this restaurant, this Texas Red Hots, the City Line they call it, and. Uh, He's he's handing fucking hot dogs out there at bars. <laughs> Gotta go big or go home. Yeah. You ever get into any shit for uh, some of the costumes you've gotten? Any looks? I mean, nowadays it's different than I when mean, you first started, you know. I get looks just from walking into a bar in South Buffalo when it's not Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so, As you can tell, folks, we're not going to talk about the ball game today. Yes, exactly. Because I don't even understand that. <laughs> so, Paula Dean, which some people would get in trouble now. And I thought it was fucking hilarious because what he does, Marky, is he'll throw a little preview video out like on Facebook or something. So I'm sitting there, you know, I'm sitting there watching and I'm like, there's nothing here. And then all of a sudden, oh, Pat pops Pat. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. I'm Paula Ding. (laughs) And of course, it was right around when I don't even know what she said. I can't keep track anymore these days. We won't get into that. But, you know, you look uh you were Mrs. Doubtfire for Halloween once? Yes, and actually that was the year that Robin Williams passed away. <laughs> so then that triggered other people to be that, and that's when the Lafayette actually held the witch's ball. So I had at least like four guys that dressed up as her bow down to me as they should have, naturally. Sally Jess, Jesse Raphael, which that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. We're giving you some... Uh, some ideas this uh, this Halloween, folks. It's already in the making this year, so you'll have to stay tuned, I guess. You're not going to give us a little, because this will be out right right around Halloween. I am 16 going on 17. Oh, What does that mean? I'm sure know. there's some viewer out yeah, there that'll there, find it. There's <laughs> definitely somebody who knows what's up. But yeah, like you, you, were, just, you were saying, you always make uh, the world your stage. Always. Always love to make people laugh. And I, and you're not a comedian or nothing, and you, I guess every, every yeah. But you guys used to make videos and stuff. Like, was there a point that you wanted to be like some sort of comedian? No, and it always just came naturally. You know, um, I was born this gay, so <laughs> <laughs> the world is my oyster. I texted you once, remember? I was like, you got to get into this Buffalo comedy scene. There's not a gay Buffalo comic. Well, there, See, I think there is, but they don't know it. <laughs> but I think you'd kill it. I mean. I feel like I would be good at it, but that's also very intimidating. And I feel like when I do get verbal diarrhea, it can go way too far. Oh, yeah. But 
But I mean, never even, say never. Even like the Sally Shakes things, it's like that's like pushing it because it's like it's a little bit mean, but it's comedy. It's funny. Yeah, you and I, I never mean anything um, right. intentional, but but it, that's where I think it's 2019, you, so everyone gets offended nowadays. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. You ever get offended by anything? Um, when I was younger, you know, the whole gay thing, being in South Buffalo, that was always tough. Um, yeah. I had my core group. You know, I grew up down the street from the Overdorf girls, so they always had my back. But it just made me a stronger person, I would say. Fuck yeah. Um, made me into who I am. Like I said, it was just fuel to my fire. You know, you're always going to have haters out there. Um, I'm the type of person that always just stuck to what I was going to do, and I did it, whether people liked it or not. And your dad is on the $20 bill. Yep, that's right. <laughs> that is right. He is. We talk a lot about motivation. You know, I'm an ex-coach. Marky's just a great human that motivates anybody, you know. And you travel the world now motivating people on hair techniques and things like that. What have you been running into? Um, yeah, so actually I started educating. I always wanted to be a first-grade school teacher, actually. But I was part-time pet in high school, so they never <clears throat> that didn't work out very well. Um, so when I got into hair about five years into it, I started educating locally, um, really, you know, enjoyed motivating people. You know, there's nothing um, better than hearing somebody say, you know, you changed my life. I was going to quit this. And then until you came in, you know, you turned my whole life around and then auditioned to be national and then made the national role. So it's interesting. You know, I'm such a people person. So it's nice to I love Buffalo and South Buffalo where I grew up, but it's nice to be able to travel outside and still come back and call it home. Yeah, it's a, it feels like you have like a nice personality to talent. Yes. Type way about it. So it's, if I do say so myself. Right. So <laughs> it, it brought you out of like being at a chair all the time. Yes, exactly. Because over the years, I mean, I've been doing it almost 14 years now, which is crazy to think. Um, you can kind of get stagnant, you know, and I, I see it with people, you know, it's just it becomes routine. You get bored. You know, it's just natural, the human way. So I'm ADD poster child. So it's nice for me to hop, skip and a jumping around everywhere. Where have you been lately? Um, actually, I've been on a nice break. I've been off since May, but the time before that, it was six weekends in a row. So it was, um, Jesus, Florida, Nashville, uh, D.C., New York, uh, two times in a row for New York. So we have an academy in New York, so it's always nice to go there. You know, I never wanted to live in New York when I was younger because everybody went there and I always had to do the opposite. So um, now that I go back there more and more, I could see myself living there, but still won't. Yeah, it's, it's it's too much, but it's a great place to visit. But, I mean, I think that you built, like, you know, would you say that you could go to any place now and work there and they would accept that? I mean, you have to have, like, years yeah. and years of people to follow you. Yes, yeah. I mean, and I worked really, really hard in the beginning because in the hair industry, it's, you know, you have to get out there and sell yourself. I mean, I remember going into 67 West, taking my business cards and just throwing them into the girls' bathroom. You know, when they're sitting on the toilet talking, I need my hair done. Talk should... about how you started out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hustle. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, what was so the inspiration? What of... was the inspiration? Who was that person that you, like, to you now, you are to somebody else? Like, how I got into it and why I got into doing sure. hair? Or, okay, so my mom was sick my whole life growing up, but she's a whole new lady now. Um, so my grandma always went to the salon with her twice a week. Um, that's where I get my vanity from. <laughs> Um, so Emma Pacella was her hairstylist, so I always would help her take the rollers out, sweep the floors. Um, so I guess from there. And then school just wasn't my thing, as most of these people listening will know. I barely went. Um, so I dropped out actually when all my friends were going into senior year um, and went right over to Continental School of Beauty Culture. 
and started from there at 17, I think I was, and then started at Capello um, in Williamsville. And my um, now one of my very best friends, Kelly, she was my mentor. So I'm actually, she just bought a building, so I'm going to be going to work with her in a couple weeks. What would you do with this? <laughs> Showing my hair. Yep, Lloyd Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me that before. <laughs> yeah. Maybe get rid of the side sweat bang. Yeah, okay. All right. What's with the 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 cut down? You see all these guys now with the... What, oh, the it? hard part? The hard part. Um, I don't know, but it's almost nice to see guys actually putting a little effort in. Um, to their look. Sorry. I always say, <laughs> I said, um, it's always nice to see that. Um, I remember at St. Martin's sister, Roberta, it was like fourth grade and I always would have my hair spiked or gelled. She told me to get that lard out of my hair. And I said, well, at least I care about what I look like when I come to school. And she just looked around the classroom and all the guys that, you know, their hair's all bad head. And she just nodded her head at me. And I said, exactly. <laughs> Throwing shots to none that you so at a young age you were you really had uh you stuck up for yourself, yeah. I would say. I mean everybody knows in South Buffalo it's you gotta have um strong um that's the word I'm looking for. You think you look good and you walk in a room with all your friends and they say, What the fuck are you thinking? Thick skin? Yes, thick skin exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well we hold people accountable. They yeah. Say. Yeah, that I think that's really what it is. And uh I think you do a good job of doing that on other people. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, it's like um, just bouncing back and forth. I think that's what makes South Buffalo all the groups of friends like as close as we are is because we're all blatantly honest with each other. So when you go into a room, you talk about motivation, and you got about 500 people you know, sitting there looking at you. What's driving you when you walk into that room? What, what's going on in your head? So the, it, normally when we're doing the big shows, you know, we have a prep day the day before. So you practice your look on your model. We talk about what we're going to talk about on stage, who's going to talk first, you know, and then you bounce back with each other just so it flows up there. The morning of it's usually everybody's fine. Half hour before everybody starts to kind of get into their heads a little bit. I always step away for, for a minute because you have so much that you need to talk about. And then when you get up there, you're like... <laughs> because everybody's just staring at you um but then once you get with the flow and i'm just so natural it's like i'm just myself up there you know you have people that are um how do i put this that you'd be afraid to ask a question because you'd feel stupid you know so i'm say you know i work every day just like you all do you know it's just because i'm up on this stage doesn't make me better than you you know and i throw out my one-liners that gets them all roaring <laughs> and it's all smooth sailing from there oh yeah you probably they're, oh they're love it. right out of your hand second that mic gets on it's, it's like, like a, the, it's like I'm the roadrunner. So it's like a TED talk almost. Yes. But yeah. I mean, with my wittiness and my sense of humor and just like being a real person. And I mean, there there has to be a lot of acting in that as well, because I mean, you know, damn well, there's just some some people that you're like, I'm not going to help this person, <sighs> oh, but I might yeah. lift their spirits. Exactly. <laughs> there's times, you know, sometimes we are partnered with another artist walking around, you know, um, proctoring. And you will whisper to each other. I'm like, I can't fucking do this person anymore. There's just no hope. <laughs> but, you, you know, they're trying, so you got to give them that. But there's some people that. But you always got to give that inspiration. Yes, exactly. <laughs> just keep that smile on. What would you do for uh, Congressman Higgins, his look? Because <laughs> everybody's all over him with his hair and his look. I used to cut Brian's hair. Um, 
Megan Sutz is my best friend, so I grew up with them. And we're we're not we're not you know dissing them or anything. We're just saying you know we the public comes to us and we got to say it. You know, uh, people are set in their ways. <laughs> That's all I'm going to comment. <laughs> and then you look at some other politicians. You got uh, the this woman uh, Lynn Dixon who's running. I asked for a sign, didn't get one, so she loses my vote. Yep. Now I'm going to make fun of her hair. What would you do to her hair? Do you see her? I um, That's funny. I have no idea who Lynn Dixon is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> she well, does we, sound like she was on the news. I believe she was on the news. Yes, yes. Um, All right. Well, who, who's got bad, like, okay, President Trump. What's going on with his hair? What isn't going on with his hair? Um, I think he's got a comb over. I can't even talk about it. Is it real? Him. It's a real comb over? Yeah. So what probably is, he's probably bald and they swoop it up, swirl it up like a emoji <laughs> shit. What do you so think? It's like cotton candy? Yeah, it's like cotton candy. You would just all blow off. What do you think they put on that thing? I don't even know. I couldn't even tell because sometimes it looks like there's nothing in it. It's got to be something. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about how uh, Jim's job and your job are similar because you're all in the rumor mill. Mm-hmm. And oh, like, is yeah. it like is there like the code like the bartender has? It's like what happens behind the chair stays it. behind the chair. Unless I do a lot good. of mother daughter duos, and I would lose all of my clients if I babbled. Oh, yeah. And I never was really like that, you know. I I know South Buffalo could be like that, you know. He said this, she said that, you know. I'm always out to have a good time, as most of you know. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why the bartender always lives in the old westerns. Same as the barber, I guess. They keep their mouth shut, right? Oh, yep, and there's definitely days I walk in that I say I don't feel like fucking putting on the pat show, but the pat show must go on. Yeah, so talk you're always about on that. You're always faking it till you make it half the time, you think? No, for the most part. like 90% of the time I love going to work. Yeah. My clients have now become like my family. Um, and there's that 10% who are suck the life right out of me, but I s- secretly still love them somehow. It's just weird. I'm always paranoid about the earwax when I go to the barber. I clean my ears like six well, times. I should do that every day. Well, yeah, but not <laughs> six times. I mean, I clean my ears every day, but I'm always paranoid. Oh, I go right in. I don't even ask the guys. I just go right in with the buzzer to get that hair. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you want somebody to do that for you? Maybe yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. I uh, I don't know. Um, it's like your tailor. <laughs> same thing with um, my girlfriends. If I lick my finger to put their hair down, they'll be like, don't do that. I'm like, fine, leave it that way. They're like, okay, do it. <laughs> In a jam, what's the best stuff to put on your hair? Like if it's a windy day. A hat. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> That's like a hat. For a girl or a guy? Guy. We'll say guy first. A guy you could use like a harder li- liquid wax. That sounded very sexual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little moist repair revival cream. <laughs> that actually is one of our products. A lot of people don't like the word moist, so I make sure that I say it at least 100 times. Oh, Do you yeah, promote yes. a product? Yes, I promote KMS. So KMS is a style brand. Um, a lot of people think, like my mother for years, no matter how many times you tell her, thinks I come in with a briefcase full of products and try to sell them to them to the salon or wherever I may be. So I'm just representing that company. So we use their products, but we're styling models or mannequin heads, whatnot. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of mannequin heads shoved into a lot of cupboards in my house. You no, don't want to wake up to sexual. those staring at you. <laughs> yeah. well, for a while, th- those were my um, boyfriends, I guess you would say. It was just you styled it and one. Well, I keep them because, you know, they're expensive. They could be up to like 160 bucks and I get them for free for teaching. So for practice, things like that. Mannequins that much, huh? Mm-hmm. What? 
It's not just cutting hair people out there. Yeah, you need something. To... It's all about uh, yeah. uh, chemistry, body position, angles. Yeah, you touch a lot of people. You're yeah. touching people like all day. Oh, all day long and listening to people's bullshit all day long. It's, I shouldn't <laughs> say bullshit, but then it's like you have your own stuff going on. So when you get home, your brain's fried. What's the worst thing I'm... they hear about? From all they could say, a housewife sitting down getting her dinner, generally. Like, I mean, divorce is always tough. I was never one to be good with death because I'm always making people laugh, so I get real yeah. Yeah. uncomfortable, but I cry at the drop of a dime, too, so I'm no problem admitting that. But it's, like I said, you become like their family, so you go through it with them. When you're going through something, you know, they're there for you, too, which is kind of nice. But hearing 20 people's things all day long, I get home and my brain is fried. But they appreciate that. Oh, and yeah. they take care of, course. of you because of And that. I think that's yeah. why I am as successful as I am is because I do take pride in, you know, taking care of others, which can be a fault at times. It, I, a lot of the times, I think your personality could be just your number one trait. Don't hate me because you ain't me. Right. It's like, <laughs> did you think there was a point that, like, you, your talent surpassed your well, personality? funny you say that. Um, I'm actually seeing somebody right now, so I was saying to him that, where I am right now in my life, I should be I should be starting now with the educating and being national. I started so young, so now I've been doing it eight years and hopping on a plane every weekend and I'm working behind the chair. You know, I'm burning out. So it's like, and I'm like, now what am I going to do? I'm only 32, so what's going to be next? So What is next? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Your own four walls? <laughs> I mean, that's really, is that, where the, is that the end game for the whole thing? You know, or is that I, something that you never want to? Owning a salon it's a lot of work, a lot of oh, absolutely. work. Absolutely. Um, people think that you make tons of money doing it. You actually lose money your first couple years because you're putting it all back into the business. So like I said, my best friend Kelly, um, I've worked with her since the get-go. Um, it's gonna be, or She's going to own it, and I said, told her that, you know, I'll work right next to you by your side until we can't do it anymore, and we'll probably still be forced to do it by people knocking on her door. There'll be a lot of bad hair at our funerals. Hair emergencies? Is, is that a word that happens Every all the time? morning I wake up to at least seven text messages. Can I get in? Do you have anything available today? I need some highlights. Okay, well, good morning to you. How are you? But also that there was a point where you were like, I can't wait till that, right? Well, exactly. So I used to look at Kelly um, and say, wow, you know, I, I hope I could be like that someday. So we both work with a co-stylist, um, an assistant. I just think that's degrading, especially coming from me because... I could be tough sometimes, perfectionist. Yeah. <laughs> Made a couple cry in my day. Um, so they'll apply a color for us while we're doing somebody else. So a lot of the times we have three or four people at a time all throughout the day. So we can see maximum amount of people. So t- sometimes it's like 25 people a day, which is a lot. You running into, uh, I know you do a lot of weddings because I've been uh, involved in weddings. Used to. Used to. And there, is there a reason? Is it Bridezilla? No, nope, it's not Bridezilla. Um I, I still do them for clients and close friends, um, but if I get a contract, let's say for you know $2,500, I want that contract, and if I'm already locked into doing some, someone's wedding, I got to give that up. Yeah. And quite frankly, I'm over them. Yeah. 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 People forget that you're a human being and that you have feelings, and then turn it around on you like everybody loved to do and blame it on me. <clears throat> like I said, if you have five hairs in a freckle, I... I don't have it with me. To, I hope you brought the hair in your purse. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing? You see, you're doing a lot of business with wigs. It's yep. funny you say that, Crean. Are you gay? No, <laughs> I'm in touch. 
I said, yeah, you're with um. I got the, the times. I just said, um, usually on the West Coast, the trends start out there and then trickle their way to the East Coast. So wigs are huge out there. So I literally just said, I think I'm going to get into wig work. Try that. Explain it. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So wigs actually back in like the 50s, 60s, women had, you know, three, four wigs and switched them up every day, switching their style, switching their look. Now they're coming into um, where they look like human hair. You would never be able to tell. Actually, um, I have a funny story about Katie. Um, <laughs> um, you know, she went through cancer and she beat it, thank God. Um, and I was there with her every step of the way. And I told her, you know, I wasn't afraid to shave your head. And actually, we were both. That was a beautiful day. I remember it was it I was s- awesome. She was like, really, mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. Yeah. You know, like she felt like really, mm-hmm. really strong after that. Yep. And I said to her, just knowing the Fitzgerald girls my whole life, um, they can be a little scary at times. Um, I said, I wasn't afraid to shave your head. I was, I'm afraid for the growing back face of how you're going to treat me. Um, doing well. She's doing very well. Yeah. She's a good sport about it. She actually made me wet my pants with the comparison to Rizzo. <laughs> um, but I said she looked gorgeous with the shaved head. Um, but we actually went wig shopping just to get a feel for it. I told her, I'm like, you're probably not going to like them because around here they don't have those nice wigs. She tried it on. And literally put her face down laughing, tears coming down her face laughing. I'm trying to keep my composure because we had just told the woman the story of what's going on with her. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about this. <laughs> and we literally ripped the wig off and basically ran right out of the store. <laughs> yeah, she got a lot of uh, scarves. and Yes, we went to the hair saga on um, Bailey. A lot of weaves? A lot of weaves. You know, um, they use a lot of different tools than we do. They use a lot of um, different hair than um, Caucasian hair would um, use. Um, I actually was in there purchasing uh, probably I had about $800 worth of stuff in the shopping cart for a photo shoot I did last summer. And this lady behind me said, boy, what are you in those drag competitions? (laughs) And I said, no, but thank you for thinking I could be a drag. I'll have to tell my father that. Now, why do you think they use those, the fake hair? Why Why did we get into uh, that trend? Ethnic hair is... Not um, even that, because you, you see everybody using it. I feel, t- in a way, it's kind of... Um, is it weaving an extension the same thing? Everybody's about their appearance, and, you know, I'm I'm not skinny enough. I, I don't like my clothes. I don't like my face. I, I'm fat. I'm this. I'm that. And yeah. it's, for me... You just have to accept who you are as a person. You know, we all have our faults. We all have our things that we don't like. Whether you're a big macho guy, you still feel those things too. Whether you want to admit it or not, you do. Um, so it's just be basically being comfortable with yourself. But with the way the world's going today, with the social media, the Kardashians, all of that, it's just more, 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 more. Which in the hair world, I love it because everybody's now wanting to experiment with different things rather than having the same haircut for 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's right. what I'm running into. Um what do you think of these Kardashians? Um, you know, I don't really watch a lot of TV um, for what they did. I mean, a lot of people are haters, but hey, I mean, they're like the most known people in the world, I would say, you know, almost billionaires. But like, do you feel like sometimes you have to t- pay attention because of trends? I do pay attention to trends, you know, not necessarily watching shows. I follow a lot of um, hair magazines. I follow a lot of hairstylists from all over the world. Um, That's basically where I get my vision. And for me, I was always experimental, you know, cross your fingers, hope it works. If it doesn't work, try something else. Keep your head back in the sink. That's what you did when you dressed up as the pigeon lady from Home Alone, probably, right? 
For yeah, me and Kelly actually spent hours painting those birds. And I actually had to travel that weekend for work, so it was basically just for the fan club. Now that I've been traveling all over the US, I have people that have seen my costumes all over the US. So I start getting messages right about now. Oh my gosh, we can't wait. You know, we're waiting for it. The countdown's on, which now it's getting no pressure for me, right? So now I start to sweat, but this year I think we'll be good. I still usually I do two, one at work and then one for going out. So I have one I think for work that could be controversial. Mm, I don't really care. What is it? <sighs> Come on, we gotta know. Well, it's just a thought. Okay. I was gonna do Rosie O'Donnell from her talk show with the Koosh slings. Hilarious. Is but it more to see you I on feel Halloween? Like I can go better, huh? <laughs> is it more to go see you on Halloween? Does no. that day get Actually, booked up? You know, or? it's funny because a lot of times, usually I'm booked solid all day. But on Halloween, for some reason, my schedule is super spotty, which you would think that people would be lining up out the door. Actually, when I was Sally Jesse, obviously I had boxers on, but I had the dress and I sit a lot while I cut. So I had my legs spread open. <laughs> and, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> she probably enjoyed it. And then the one day, uh, the one year, you were the Sherry Lewis from uh, Lamb, Chops. Lamb Chops. I got that idea actually being out at Viddler's Five and Dime. <laughs> Saw the puppet. Inspiration. Off we ran with it. Oh, hilarious. So where are you, where are you, where are you heading to next in this United States or the world? Um, actually, I just got a contract um, for, I don't even, it's somewhere in Long Island, Slythe. Is that a place? We'll find out. You'd know. I'm not a world traveler. I don't know. Um, I don't leave. I'm actually going to London in February for a couple days. That's not for work, though. I guess actually, too, with the education part, because then you can make it to international. Um, Like I said, though, I started, I was like a baby when I started. These people were like 45, 50 years old, you know, towards the end of their career. You know, so, and I was still a kid. And back when I was 25, it was mostly like we're out till 430 in the morning, getting wasted and showing up for training. Not when I teach, though. (laughs) (laughs) Only only tried that once. Didn't go over very well. Have you ever done any uh, fashion shows backstage at a fashion show? Yes, actually, we did Fashion Week a couple years ago in New York, which was a friggin' awesome experience. You know, I've always been such a humble person. Um, Sometimes I come off as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like when I walk into the room, you know, not intimidating, but should have finished high school. (laughs) Um. But it was such a cool experience, and I had to keep pinching myself. You know, I'm just a small-town Buffalo boy, and here I am in this huge, you know, fashion week in New York, which is huge. Um, And the designer was Layla Rose, so it was awesome. She did it in Washington Square. She themed it after, like, a French garden party, which I was like, what the hell does that entail? So there was, like, a cello player, a guy doing the characters, um, bouquets of flowers, you know, and then the models all just stood up, you know, for an hour or so while people just viewed them. Saw a couple celebrities, but, you know, you got to keep your composure. Yeah, well, I mean, you're talking about walking into a room. It's like, that's just confidence. Yeah, I mean, and there's times, like I said, when I go out to teach or anywhere, you know, I've got those fears. And I think that's where my wittiness, my funniness, funniness all comes out. Is that then once it, once I'm in there, you know, a couple minutes and I'm golden. It's like vaudeville. Yeah. and Just, just go be, out there and be big. Exactly. There's no other way to go or no other way to be. So I feel like. A lot of people lack that, and that's why people kind of never truly are them real selves. Is that a part of the schooling to do? No. Continental School of Beauty Culture, I think. <laughs> I was friends with all of the ghetto 
not, I don't want to say ghetto, but I was just the preppy, you know, guy that wore a gap with 12 inch spiky hair. But beauty school actually was probably one of the most fun experiences of my life because high school, excuse me, high school, I didn't really get that just because I was always so um, intimidated, I guess, and paranoid that, you know, with the gay thing and it's like, so I shut myself back. <clears throat> so when I got to beauty school, I got to live all that. And some of these people that went to school, it's like, I remember a girl saying, you know, we finally um, cemented our house to the ground. And I looked at her, I'm like, what? She's like, we live in a double wide. So we got it permanently grounded to the ground. <laughs> she also then later told us all that she had herpes. <laughs> Such a lovely conversation while you're eating lunch. <laughs> And actually, my group of friends from beauty school, we still all stay in touch. So that's awesome to me. A but friend yeah, that never goes away. Mm -hmm. So do you think that you could coin the market by bringing people in and showing them how to have a personality? I mean, you either have it or you don't, especially in this industry. It's like with my co-stylist, I'm very particular of who I choose. You know, you have to talk well with people. You have to watch what you say. You know, it's like I said, it's like I said to my brother the other day, I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck I am because I have to be so many different Patrick's yeah. with people you know mm -hmm. I'm always myself but you know there's those clients that I can't swear in front of and there's those clients that like to talk dirty and funny jokes you know so it's a constant change and when I have a, an assistant I had one she was awful um she was talking about like her boyfriend and their sex stories and s telling my client to go buy product at Sally's <laughs> I had just finished full foiling a girl a woman and they still she, to use the foil, huh? Oh, I should be a spokesperson for Reynolds Wrap. <laughs> um, on the foil, yeah. <laughs> different way today, Marky. For the water bottles, yeah. <laughs> still do that to this day. Um, but yeah, the, this girl. I mean, you just see so many different types of people with this job, which I'm sure you know with bartending. Yeah. Um, at least with bartending, you know, they probably get even more wild, a little looser. Yeah. You know, and in this world that we live in now, people are so demanding. We live in an Amazon world. So it's like I want A through Z, but I have to get my kid off the bus in 45 minutes. OK, well, then why the fuck did you schedule the appointment then today? Yeah, right. So it's you're constantly trying to better the, the time before that they were in, you know, and it's again, I'm only human and you're only giving me what you have to work with. If you got I've, five hairs on a freckle, not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I've been running into a lot of. You're a psychiatrist, you know, you're a, you're without the salary. Yeah. I said, I said to the other guy, uh, guy the other day, no, I'm not. Yeah, just Fuck people it. person. I'm not telling anyone my problems. I'm figuring right. them out. Exactly. So, what do you? And then, and then, oh, don't say anything about that. I say to everybody, you need to go to if if you're having like let's say mental health problems, go to a professional, because if you like uh, start telling someone one of your buddies that you you know you like your ass tickled it'll be in the st tommy's bulletin in no time yep. you know and flying over a plane or flying right plane flying with a banner so sometimes going to a friend or a bartender or a hairdresser or a hairstylist isn't a good thing for it's, us sometimes i mean for me i've just i grew up watching it all happen so it's like i said i was never really that person unless i really had a strong hatred for them which there's yeah. very few um just to stay out of it. You know, I stay out of it. And for me, it's business. So if I do that, that I'm going to lose people. And then that's, you know, Buffalo is such a small place. It's word of mouth. Oh, yeah. For sure. And like I said in the beginning, I had a lot of doozies in my day. <laughs> a lot of mistakes. You're also an unbelievable dancer, Pat. 
the jack of all trades. Yeah, I started at in eighth grade, actually. Caitlin Overdorf was, we signed up for hip hop. Um, I think she stopped after the second year and I just continued and naturally became a teacher <laughs> quickly. I danced with Claire. Um, Claire was actually um, our teacher. We had a very, very good group. Um, I think we're still talked about because we were that good. Um, so I taught for Claire for a little bit and then I went down to Kenmore Avenue and taught at Fusion Dance. Um, again, too, that was like my yoga. And when I started dancing, um, obviously that wasn't acceptable, but I didn't give a shit. Um, and then as you see, after a couple years, you know, you start to see guys and you start to see dance on TV and it's okay, you know, social or socially okay to do that. I remember um, Mr. Kennedy came up to me. I used to teach his daughter and he said, you know, I probably really shouldn't say this, but I really come to the show to see your performances. <laughs> Which that was a compliment to me, especially right. being in high school, to have, you know, a That's hockey dad great. come up and say that to me. And then I had another dad come up. Um, it was a boy that I taught, and he said, you know, thank you for allowing my son to be who he truly wants to be. So it's things like that. That's what keeps me going. And it's like my yoga. I'm like a big kid myself. Well, it's also like a form of physical fitness. Yeah. Thank it's God probably I'm important stuck. to your your uh, your job, your image. You know? Well, thank God for black clothes. To hide my booby do. <laughs> <laughs> Call it my mood ring. Whatever mood I'm in, that's what's going on the hips. So you're big on what Madonna said. You know, boy, you better learn to express yourself. That oh, is correct. And Vogue. What do you think of the hip hop world these days? Everybody's in a gang. Oh God. Mumble rap. I, I see. I was never into changed. the hardcore rap. Um, growing but, up down the street from the Overdorfs, Mr. Overdorf was always into, um, you know, the oldies and everything. So we grew up listening to the oldies, eighties. Perry you know. Cuomo. Yeah, my mom is super into music. Now that she's a whole new woman, I'm finding out all these things about her, and she loves music. So like Motown is one of my favorites. Seventies always loved me a good disco. I pretty much like everything besides country. Sorry, um, and like that hardcore rap. What's the best thing to to dance to these days? It's funny because everybody knows me back probably from like when I was 17 to about 27. I was a wild child. Even the negative stories are funny. And as I get older, I'm finding myself more as a step toucher, step digger. Like an old lady, like a beer tent dance. Okay. Oh, yeah? You're, no, you're the, step the, the step step touch. The beer tent dance. I like it. Touch, step touch. <laughs> um, but yeah, I dance to anything. I remember Margaret's wedding. Um. I'm always the first one out there, like the field of dreams. You build it, they will come. Because all those people staring at you are just jealous that, you know, they want to be out there. They just don't have the they want to express confidence themselves. to do it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, so I remember dancing with her. It was just me and her out there. And she's like, oh, my God, no one's out here. Everyone's staring at us. I'm like, well, you're the bride, first of all. Um, and just give it a minute. And literally, I've been involved with so many friggin' weddings in my day. There was not even a spot on her dance floor to dance because there were so many people out there. Motivation, welcome, Margaret. Motivational. You don't even know you're doing it sometimes. Mm-hmm. It just comes natural. Well, again, too, you don't think I'm not feeling that when I'm out there, especially me being who I am, you know that there's freaking haters out there. <laughs> like you know, I said, fuel to my fire, I'll just shake my ass even harder. That's great. Good for you. What do you think of these bathrooms? To me, I, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. You know, I, I, before this even became something... You know, with transgending, and to me, it's always be you and be who you want to be, but it's the world we live in where everybody has an opinion, and I feel like they just bring it up to cause um, controversy. controversy. Yeah, so yeah. In, from my opinion, I think transgender should be its own category, you know, um, and it's again, it's hard for them. They're people, too, and what they're going through 
it's tough and it's hard and especially in this world that we live in to be a man or a woman your whole life and then you know know that inside your whole life and then to trans or transgend it's tough and it's a world that where we're nobody's really sure of it or how to think of it so I think it's a great topic for people to um understand and follow up on I know I had to with work with KMS um, a couple of our models were transgender so you don't want to offend them with saying he or she or you know the pronouns so it was it, it was interesting I'd have yeah. to say did you listen to any of the new comedy specials like I think Bill Burr got into it and like uh, I actually well who's Dave Chappelle yes and I actually you know like I said you're going to be haters I'm gay so it's I thought it was freaking hysterical. Right. Like you right. just have to have a sense of humor, and I feel like that's what right. everybody's losing nowadays. Yeah, they are. Um, which sucks. It's, it's <laughs> totally. It seems like we've... We uh, went back like 50 years, I feel. It seems like we started accepting, uh, you know, men and women that yep. were gay. Everything was fine. And then the transgender stuff comes in, and then everybody's... It's, it's, well, it's, it's like I say. It's like nobody deals with their own inner skeletons. They always have to pick on other people's shit because they can't deal with their own. So that yeah. makes them feel better by bringing up topics that, you know, who cares who you friggin' kiss and who cares whatever. Right. I dated myself for like 10 fucking years. <laughs> yeah. There was a comedian that was like, like, Oh, you think it's weird to hold a dick? He's like, you hold a dick every day. Yeah. He's like, you hold your own dick. <laughs> and it's not, I don't think gay, like I don't hold the guy that I'm seeing. I don't hold his wiener for him like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like you held the dick today. Yeah. Like, don't, fucking so sexual yeah but like also like uh like people they wanted to put on their own parade they're like we're having a straight parade i it's mean like, i don't think you fucking get and it it's not yeah. like the gays like we're just you know it's just celebrating like st right. patrick's day we celebrate st patrick's day you want to have a fucking straight parade fucking you're doing parade. it to get attention and actually boston was one of the toughest places that i've had to teach in for work because they're so oh yeah oh yeah i actually went into the salon of gorgeous five-story brownstone on newberry street and I went in like myself, you know, hey, nice to meet you. How are you? Looking forward to today. They all had their noses up in the air. Half of them didn't even say hello. So that, I'm like, fuck. And that was the one time when I was a little hungover. So I do an icebreaker where I pass a roll of toilet paper around. And I say, take as much as you think you'd need. And they're all like, oh, my God, how much do I need? <laughs> so you got the people doing the whole spiral with it, you know, using the whole roll. And then you got people pulling off a square at a time, which if you're wiping something, you better do the <laughs> swipe. Um and it comes up to this middle-aged woman, and she's like, I refuse to partake. And I said, well, if you drip dry, that's disgusting. <laughs> the entire room lost it, and that's what won him over. She was like my best friend after that. But like I said, that's where the straight parade comes from is Boston. And she was like my best buddy. So each square represents why did you get into the industry? What troubles you behind the chair? What do you want to see out of today? And then they're all like, ah, oh, like they just took a shit in the chair. Wow. That's great. What Good do you icebreaker. Yeah, it is. What do you think of some some of these guys are just doing it for the attention though? It seems it's like almost like I That's don't know I the it, yeah I don't I don't know the person that died, but I'm I'm gonna come, I don't know if this is a good analogy or not. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know the person that died, but I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna be the town crier. It seems like a lot of these guys are just getting into it in the gay world. Yeah, it seems um, to me. I'm on the social media a lot. I feel like these. it's the younger generation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, not even just with gay. It's just the younger generation yeah. need attention, and they need it. They want it now. Like I tell my co-stylist that I have now, who I love dearly, like a little sister, but she's an old soul. She went through a lot when she grew up, so she's a worker. 
So, and I told her, you know, when I started off, I had two haircuts, maybe a week. I did every single friend that I could get in there, every family member. I fucked up a lot, you know, starting and you, every mistake is a new discovery, but it's, they're just, they just need attention and it's the social media and the phones. And now you can't even have a conversation with somebody that's younger because they're so used to looking down. You know, I was always one to walk into a bar or wherever, say hello, Mr. and Mrs. or whatever, look to their face. I still do it to this day. Um, Even if they tell me to call them by their first name, I can't. But it's just, it's a different world we live in, I guess. And I'm not one that's into the apps and all crap like that. Um, I'm technologically inclined, as Megan Sutz would know, because she's like my um, John Tesh. <laughs> I call her up when I have a question. Um, it's kind of sad, actually. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when I was like 23, we were having the time of our friggin' life. And that's when phones weren't really, you know, there was no cameras, there was no selfies. Um Think of the None video of they'd have on you, though. Oh, shit. Thank God. <laughs> I'm sure there are videos out there. But it might add to your personality that you went toe-to-toe with guys on the playground. Like, right. they said something to you, you just fought it out. Oh, my and it, God. It just adds to, like, that instead of, like, being behind a keyboard and, you know. Yeah. I mean, it gives you, like, a backbone. Like, I remember walking down Abbott Road and kids would pick on me just because it was me. You know, and I, I just said to Caitlin over the other day, my, um, she had to actually get these two guys off my back for no reason. I was just walking down the street. I remember going into the park and my mom would have to sit in the car up there just to make sure I got in. OK, wow, it's intimidating. <clears throat> and people don't that like um, fear and anxiety like that still sticks with me to this day. I bet. And I bet you all those guys are sitting on the same fucking bar stool telling the same fucking stories. <laughs> <laughs> Karma's a bitch. Good for you, Pat. Yeah, right? Well, what's what's next? I mean, you're traveling. Have you been up to Toronto lately? Toronto's a big happening. Tonight. Yeah, we don't use up Toronto. Enough. Every time no. I go up to Toronto and I come back and you're going through customs, I say, God, you know, we never go up there. And then five years later, I'm back up. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it's we never use it. Toronto's a great city. It's like um, New York. Um. I, don't, I I would live up there, actually. Hell yeah. yeah. How's the industry up there? Because there's um, a bunch of cultures. It depends where you are. Like, in Australia, um, a hairstylist is like a, a doctor. They're looked at and respected like a doctor. Um, and it depends where you go. You know, there's, I always say, there's no bad hairdresser, you know. Um, there's people that can use more education and more knowledge, but it's you're going to pay a little more. And a lot of people don't want to pay for, you know, what they want. So that I've run into a lot, you know, and it's almost intimidating or not intimidating, but, you know, downgrading to me when they're like, oh, you just do hair. I would love to see somebody work in my shoes for one day because they wouldn't even survive half the day, you know, and it's just what you put into it. You know, I'm passionate about the job. I tell people like it is. If I don't think it's going to look right, I say it politely most of the time. Um, And it's my name on that head, too. So if it looks like shit, I look like shit. Buffalo is such a small place. So. You know, I've been in, there's um, a stylist in Japan that charges $1,500 a haircut. Jesus. And he's booked solid all day long. Books an hour. But it's the area that you live. California, people charge 500 bucks for a haircut. They're doing the same thing I'm doing, but it's where you live. Well, and then you see AOC. I don't even know how to say her real name. Cortez. The, is, it, is she a senator or a congressman? You keep bringing up all these fucking yeah, people. I don't, I don't know. know. Well... Clearly, you like um senators' hair. <laughs> maybe you, maybe oh, you should hand a, out your business cards to them. It's in the news, and the, and they were giving her a hard time for like a three hundred dollar haircut. And I'm just trying to point out that to, it, 
I don't care it's pretty how expensive. straight you are. I don't care how macho or, you know, if women, if you don't, put, if you look good and you look at yourself in the mirror, you feel good inside. So it so doesn't matter what you pay. It doesn't matter what you pay, you know, and it's like I give my all to my clients, you know, so to that's really why I love the job is to make somebody feel the best that they could possibly feel to see that glow, especially for people that I can tell instantly if somebody's insecure, you know, just by talking them face to face. And then I go back behind the chair and um, it's interesting to see the process as the haircut goes. And then when they see the finished result, you know, it's then my job is done. I was going, I was going, Claire was my stylist for a little while. She was mine too. Yeah. My, my so, highlight queen. But then I got older and I got married and I'm going to be a dad. And it's like, I got to go to these uh, corner barbershops. Quick now. on one stops. And that's another yeah. thing with guys too. Like supercuts, everybody says how horrible or whatever they are. You know, you could find a diamond in a rough there that just wasn't guided to go to a higher end salon to be an assistant. Um, there's two. There's people that just get into it because they didn't like their job before. But you're seeing a lot of guys just. You're, would you say spend a couple bucks and look good about? Yeah, you? I mean, I have a lot of men, men client or male clientele. Um, actually, and they are the pickiest. Oh yeah. Because they know how they want it. They know how they wear it every day. I'm super picky about mine. Um, I've gone through a lot of stages with my hair. Um, but it's interesting to say, like, you know, when they want those pompadour looks and that hard part, you know, I don't wake up with my hair like this, this yeah. lovely soccer mom bouffant. <laughs> um, there's some elbow grease that goes into that, you know? So it's, I say, it doesn't make you gay because you're blow drying your hair. Oh, you right, know? Yeah. And guys will buy the blow dryer, a flat iron, the product to make it look the way that they want it. That's the thing, too. I always tell my clients, I can't cut your hair, and it's going to look the same for the eight weeks. It's a uh, partnership. you got to put the work into it, too, which that's a real struggle with the job. I'm doing the yeah. mill house now. People call it the mill house. And I'm I always... think you just get to – maybe I'll give them some nice care package to you. All right. That's we'll see. Some Marky, too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Curly. You know, we got Bob's yeah, Barbershop. Is a, he's our uh, sponsor, so I go there. Yeah, I go Bob's. there, too. I said, well, Claire was um, – she was the queen of South Buffalo, the guy's cuts. Yeah. yeah. She would whip them out. She used to do mine all the time. Is yeah. it, is it she did me. I don't think you ever did me before. Not yet. <laughs> Once you go pat, you never go back. <laughs> <laughs> is it hard to have a brick and mortar building in New York State? Are they making Is it a pain in the ass? Um, It is hard, you know, but on Main Street out in Williamsville, I think the salon I was at um, after I left Capello, there was we were the 39th salon to open. So everybody has their clientele. Like I said, I used to say when I teach, if you we were all to stand in Times, uh, Times Square, we wouldn't even be able to accommodate everybody there. So it's up to you as the stylist, like I said, when I was younger, talking to so many wasted girls, knowing that they're not going to come in, but the person behind them heard me talking, Yeah, they would come in. And then you get that one person, you get the sister, the mailman, the yeah. grandma, everybody else. So the end game of what you have going on, it would be either... Would you say just get a a bigger product, like a more notable product, product, or would it be like to have your own product? I mean, I would love to eventually have my own product, but you got to have somebody to back that up with lots of moolah. You seem like a person. Maybe we can ask one of the senators. That's, yeah. That's $300 <laughs> <on a> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I could totally see myself on QVC. Right. So, like, w what would be like the bigger name products now, and um, if you were to have your own product, well, what would be the direction? Because I think you're a kind of person that should, you know, you could go Yeah, I mean, style. I would love that. Um, the big names are, you know, and they're expensive. So, you know, P. 
people use it like a ketchup bottle, you know, and that's why I'm huge on showing people how to use it. You know, people will go home, they'll squirt it all in their hands, they'll come back and say, I hate it, and I spent $80 on it. Well, it's not the client's fault, it's the stylist's fault. So if, you, you know, you got to show them how to properly use it, there's products that are like $90 per bottle, you know, but that should last you months. Um, or Bay is one of them. Goldwell is also who I educate for, or sister company, KMS. There's Karastas. There's just so many product lines coming out now, which is so fun for us. But there's also salons that use the dated ones that are sold in a grocery store that a lot of people don't realize the same product or ingredients are the same in floor cleaner. Really? really? There's been studies where they'll scrape the hair and it's like a white film that comes off. Ugh. And you'll notice, they'll like Pantene will say... Um, volumizing shampoo blah 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 so people yeah. get the volumizing then the next couple months a detangling one comes out because that volumizing thing just destroyed their hair so now it's a detangling one that comes out and um statistics say women will leave a salon they're going to the grocery store they walk by that colorful aisle that smells good it's all about smelling the way it looks what uh, do you th- what do you say about these guys using mane and tail this horse shampoo. Actually, <laughs> I used it for a little Mane and tail, it works. And Megan Seltz, I'll bring her up again. Back when I first started doing hair, we got, I got her on it. And then actually, like last year, I called her. I'm like, you'll never fucking believe what they're selling in Urban Outfitters right now. Mane and tail, the whole line. And they were selling it for like 30 bucks. And at the dollar store, it's what, like five? And yeah, yeah, in the hockey world, there was, you know, this makes your hair grow faster. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Supposedly. So a lot of hockey players started using it. So I started hearing it. And I'm like, oh, I'll fucking check it out. I, I After everyone the, left the locker room, you're look, looking around. No, they, they sell it at the dollar store. Yeah, that's what it's I mean. It's amazing. And it's a picture of a fucking horse on there. <laughs> so now I'm using horse shampoo. I meet my wife. She goes, what the fuck is this? So He's got duct tape over the label. Yeah. But you talk about getting older and using products. I recently started using eye rollers. You hear about like, this? Your under eye? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a big thing now, Marky. Mm. Yeah. No, I've know. always been the cosmetic queen. What the fuck that? is that? Is that a lint roller? <laughs> no. So the, I went and got this. Um, How does that go under your eye? No, this is just oh. for the full face. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, that? yeah. So you roll it on your face. It's frozen, Marky. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Some of it, they make them, too, like out of marble. Yeah. yeah well, I, I, I put it on Marky's arm. He freaked out. <laughs> I said, um. I don't so know where that thing's been. Up. Well, no, just on my face. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're supposed to roll your face before There's you go to bed. an example of it. It does happen at home. Well, well, no, I mean. You're I'm, supposed to roll your face with that before you go to bed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's supposed to make you look younger. Listen, my wife's ten years younger than me. I gotta, I gotta do these things sometimes. Jimbo, you look the same from when I first met you. I know, yeah. isn't that amazing? Without any Botox. Yeah. There was Never a time Botox. where I was doing that. So, so I'm if you, to look like Joan Rivers. <laughs> so, if you had your own product, would you want to go the way of like, you want it high end, or do you want it to be for that normal person, normal whatever, or well, wh- which the- way would you? I would want to keep it professional so it would only be sold in salons. Um, you know, it would probably be middle, but the more expensive they are, they're using better ingredients. So that's really why it's more expensive and packaging. You know, so if you kept your packaging simple, you could probably spend a little bit more on ingredients. Um, like I said, I would love that, but that would you would need millions and millions for somebody to make it that big. But you, But to sell those kind of products, mm-hmm. it might take you away from the people and right well and that's the hard part too um because doing hair it's a hard job it's like a nurse and you're running around you know there's like times when i do like thirteen thousand steps in a day 
I don't have a Fitbit or anything. My assistant does. But. I was just looking to see. Yeah. Do you ever you ever have anyone say, uh, "Hey, Pat, I'm having a bad day. Tell tell me a joke," and you tell the wrong joke? I always used to say, "I'm like the pole doll," you know. Yeah. The party's not a party if Patrick Higgins isn't there. True. Agreed. Well, I was at the doctor's the other day, and when I when I get shots, I have the lady tell me a joke. <laughs> Do you get pain management shots? No, no, oh. no. I had to get for the kid. I had to get the whooping cough. You know, I had to get all the. the Did they give you a sticker after? No. I got a really weird look when I went up and took the lollipop <laughs> when I checked out. But something weird happened when I asked the lady to tell me a joke. I'm expecting like a cheesy joke. She says, I swear to God, this happened. She goes, ask me what my favorite vegetable is. I said, what's your favorite vegetable? She goes, Terry, Terry Shivo. <laughs> 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 and I, I kind of, I kind of laughed. So she, she gave me the shot, and like, okay, now that doesn't mean, like I wanted to laugh, and then hey, you stick me, and then we're all good. She came back. She's like, please don't tell anybody that I told, told you that joke. Well, that's that, HIPAA in that profession. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously, on that so profession, no, you got to be on your like as a hairstylist. You're it's. The, individuality about that sure you know of course i've always loved the, the main stage so yes so watch the jokes you tell if somebody tells you that uh, yeah and you know nowadays you got to watch what you say yeah and to me i don't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> i was always wanting to speak the truth say it like it is and you realize that people can't handle the truth so they'll throw it right back at you. I'd love to see Pat Higgins do a one-man show. I know. I, we really got to get you on stage. Here. Yeah. Well, I can't. My cousin Cirque. Actually, it's funny. So when I go over there for holidays, he's like, oh, thank God you're here. You take over. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I, we had Wilbur Fulton on, and uh, his kids were saying they're like, he gets mad when he goes places because he's like, people aren't the way they used to be. No. Like I totally entertaining. Like I remember like when we would hang out at friggin' Molly McGuire's the hop in, like we would have the time of our friggin' lives and how big are those bars? Yeah. yeah. We would have the most friggin' fun story every single time we were there. The it overtopped the time before. And I wish we could go back to those days. Now I remember when I would be like seventeen at Potter's or wherever and the you know, people that are our age would be like, you know, cherish it, it flies by and I'd be like, You fucking loser, go home. And now I'm that fucking loser. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, bitch, I was on that speaker before you. Yeah, you go into like bars now and like you said, people are looking at their phones and you know, it's it, like and lost, too, it's like, like you that. don't know people could t- be taking pictures of you. Not like I give a shit, whatever, but it's just a crazy different world that yeah. we live in now. Like fighting and just on um Chippewa, what just happened. Yeah. It's just even going into the gay bars down on Allen, um, the one bar. It's like the dance bar. Um, uh, you get waved down like you're going through the airport, if not even worse, because there was times when a gang came in there and kicked the shit out of a bunch of people, which sucks. Oh. Cause so then you can't even feel comfortable, not even just being at a gay bar, but any bar or at hardware when the guy drove by and fired the gun. Yeah. It's wild. I think that's why we drink alcohol, so we don't think like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been a homebody lately. I work, you know, I work. I don't drink behind the bar. And I've noticed a lot of, uh, there's not as much camaraderie. Mm-mm. I've noticed uh, no big groups of friends anymore. But we're getting older. I work at adult establishments now. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, I mean, now, now, now we need to get a Kingerhead, the social club. The, so, going so, yeah, the social club that yeah. everybody was in. I think we I think we need it back. Yeah. It, I said, but nowadays, like, you know, um, the guy I'm seeing, he said, you know, I want to meet some of your friends. And I said, well, it's, I didn't, a lot of my gay friends are 
my educating friends. So it's like, I can't just call my girlfriends now and say, hey, meet us at the bar. They have kids, you know, they have lives. So it's like, you got to set up a date. Man, I fucking hate getting old. Yeah. I I actually like it. I mean. People leave me alone. I always say age is just a number. It's how you feel. But me being gay, I had so many um, close friends and girlfriends that it's like once they get married, it's like, boom, they're gone. So it's like, now what? Well, plus you're not a you're not the type of guy that like is a homebody. You gotta that'll probably that you probably know, kills you sometimes. And I think it's because I'm around people so much that I hate being alone. So when yeah. I'm alone, it's like Jesus. Yeah, but and then that also kind of suits Buffalo because a lot of people say like when they live in New York, they're like the city's really big, but it really kind of isolates mm-hmm. you because you really don't know a lot of people. So right. maybe that's why Buffalo works for you so well. I mean, and I was just always such a people person. Even if people didn't like me, you know, I just would say hello and walk by you know i was always one to um i still am always one to introduce myself mm-hmm. you know i must say i never thought the day would come but i'm a little bit more tame now it's kind of sad yeah it's a little it, sad it, i mean I'm, sad. I was on my way here i'm thinking i'm like holy fuck i used to be wild <laughs> wild yeah. and had no shame like when my ponytail got cut off at the hop in oh, you know i wasn't gonna bring it up it. <laughs> We at talking. the time, at All the right. time, I mean, I remember there was probably like 15 of us in there. And I said to Marin, look at my ponytail. I have, all my hair finally fits in the ponytail. She's like, well, that's gay. Um, <laughs> but as a guy, you know, and I like to say I start trends before they come into Buffalo or whatever. You so see now everybody has the top knots and all that. Yeah. Um, so we go out to the bar and I always say, you know, I could dance naked on top of the bar at the hop in and no one would even look or it wouldn't even phase <laughs> them just because, you know, everyone's so close. And I noticed the two guys sitting behind me, but of course didn't think anything of it. They left and Brandon Lewis looked right at me and he said, Higgs, I couldn't even spit your name out quick enough because how fast the kid came in. Obviously, I know what scissors feel like. So getting the corner back of my neck, that would have been my longest point. So he kind of got that part. So when I took it out... It was like the Dutch boy on one side and down to my collarbone on the other. And Christina Sutherland had it in her hands. What should I do with it? <laughs> like throw it out? And I actually slept over at Marin and Josh's that night. I woke up in the morning. I'm like, I feel violated. <laughs> and they're like, you need to file a police report. I'm like, oh, I'm sure. Hi, I'm gay and I'm here to file a report on my ponytail as there's murder and robberies going on. But but they did. But um, to some people that would be. Well, to you. Um, it's a fucking crime. So, <laughs> then, I, so then I get a call. <laughs> What the fuck you got going on in there now? I can't make this shit up. I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't even hear from Higgs yet. Tom McParland hurtled over that bar like a horse galloped over. <laughs> like These guys had a plan. They were going to go in and cut his uh, ponytail. ponytail. Well, it was a trend like on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, they were doing oh, it in Europe a lot. Videotaping it? Yeah, I don't know. So, um, it's probably out there. So then we were hunting them down. Yeah, they were going to charge him with assault with a deadly weapon. Um, yeah. <laughs> Because, and it actually ended up being my friend's mother, who was the detective, Molly Basil, was sitting out having a cigarette, and she was um, part of the... Investigation. Yeah, in the investigation, she had the clue the guy had a Duff's employee shirt on. Yep. (laughs) So she went to, or the detective went to Duff's, and of course, all those punks were going to deny it. Um, So I just said, you know what, I don't have the time in my life to go through this. I believe in karma. Karma's a bitch. That kid will get it someday. I'm sure he has. Mm -hmm. Probably be bald. Yeah. Was there? Well, do you ever get those phone calls that like you just hear crying and you're like, "Oh no, what happened to your hair?" Like I said, nobody's perfect, and yeah, I still make mistakes to this day. Back when I first started doing hair, 
There was a lot of mistakes, but that's how you learn. Um, Marin and Meg Stutz, shout out to you. My guinea pigs. I remember I made Marin look like um, my little pony red hair. It's like orange. And I'm like, you look great. Get it the fuck off. Oh, I remember when I first got on the floor at Capello's, there were 60 stylists in that salon. So, you know, you got to get yourself noticed, first of all. So when you first get on the floor, that's a huge accomplishment. I had this Polish lady. We're hitting it off. She's like in her mid-70s. I did it like a strawberry blonde, which is hard to do when you're first starting. And I went to cut her bangs. And the second my scissors closed, I was like, fuck. They were like just above the middle of her um, forehead. I'm trying to stretch them down with the flat iron comb. The guy working next to me was like looking at me like, you're fucked. So I turn around. She's like, you make me look like Buster Brown. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, ma'am. It's too late and I don't know who that is. My husband's going to hate you. Never saw her again. Oh. oh, my God. I said, now that I've been doing it so long, people will walk all over you. Now it's like I'm the soup Nazi. I'm not going to fucking stress over you. Go to somewhere else then. There's a million hairdressers in the world. Yeah. I fire people all the time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, I've been doing it long enough. I'm fully booked, you know, more than a couple, few months out. So I want the people that appreciate me and I appreciate them. And, you know, there's yeah. people that are just never satisfied. I would say um, highlights aren't going to buy your husband's love back, lady. <laughs> Wait, ain't that the truth? A lot of people say that, like, uh, painting a picture is knowing when you're done. Like, is there? I like always say, as hairstylist, step away from the vehicle because hairstylists will just keep cutting. They'll probably do like four haircuts in one haircut. Um, and two, people just have such high expectations that it's just not possible, or then they don't want to pay for it. So it's like how do you think I keep my friggin' lights on? Right. You know, and when I'm working, I make what I do is because I'm a hard friggin' worker. It's not like I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs. And you know when you're done. And I know when I'm done, you know, and it's like and I know when to stop and I know what's doable and what's not. Some people don't like that, and then they'll go somewhere else, try to get that done, and then they're coming back to me paying double to correct it. Right, so and they want to have a good time. Right. They don't want to just mm, be bored. Depends on the day. <laughs> well, speaking of day, that day's coming up. Halloween. Look for Patrick Higgins. He's always entertaining around that holiday. Uh, Pat, I will say you got a lot of guts, kid, and I respect you for that. And uh, anybody ever cut your hair again, <laughs> call your Uncle Jimbo again. All yeah. right. Patrick Higgins, you are now licensed to talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. <laughs>